you have your Bibles, we're in Acts chapter 10 today, fifth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and we'll get there in a second. But first, I'd like to tell you a little story I heard. A young man came to his boss and asked for the day off to attend his grandmother's funeral. His boss said, sure, take all the time you need for that. So the next day, the young man was, was talking to his boss, and, and the boss came up to him and, and said, listen, I have a question to ask you. Do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? And uh, the young man said, well, yes, yes, I do. And his boss said, oh, interesting, because right after you left work yesterday, your grandmother came to visit you. What a surprise. <laughs> Easter is a day of surprises. Today is not only a day we celebrate Jesus Christ rising from the dead. It's a day where little children will be finding Easter eggs. Back in my day, there was nothing inside the eggs but yolk. Uh, you remember that, how those were, and they were colorful, colored, and they'd sit out in the sun for 10 hours, and we still ate them. Later that night, right? Uh, but, but today, now when you open these Easter eggs, there's always a surprise in there. Right? There's, a, there's a toy or some melted chocolate or some type of candy. And the searching for the eggs is fun for the children. But the real surprise is when they open them and something is revealed. This Easter Sunday, we're, we're going to look at the revelations Involved on this special day, we're going to look at a few special surprises, revelations, if you will, to us about the Easter story. Acts chapter 10, starting in verse 34. Luke writes, so Peter opened his mouth and said, truly, I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, you yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good in healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who have been chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Father in heaven, as we gather here this Easter morning, this joyous morning. Father, I'm thankful that this is not two years ago where this uh, building was closed. I'm thankful that it wasn't last year, Lord, where, where we still gathered, but we, we had to spread people out. 
even though those are great memories, they're thankfully, Lord, one-time memories. We're thankful to be gathered back here today in a usual manner for the first time in three years on Easter Sunday. So, Father, we pray that you will continue to bless this worship service today, Lord, that you will speak through me, that my words are yours today, Lord, that you will fill me with your spirit today, and that we will all hear what you want us to hear today through your word, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to give us us several revelations about Easter. Number one, Easter reveals to us God's heart. Easter reveals to us God's heart. Now, Peter, the apostle, disciple Peter, had just had his world flipped upside down. And he had lived his entire life being taught that non-Jews, the non-Jewish people who were called Gentiles, that they were naturally unclean before God, ceremonially unclean before God. They ate unclean foods. They lived unclean lives. They had no way of being made right with God because they were not the people of God. Peter, at this point, was following Christ. He was a believer, but he mistakenly still had some prejudices. He still had some beliefs that God could only save those who really became Jewish like him. So in some way, he still felt morally superior to other believers. He still struggled with that sin like we do from time to time, different sins in our lives. So God sent him a man named Cornelius, a Gentile, to report to Peter a vision that God had given Cornelius that was unmistakable. And in this vision, in in the prior passage, God revealed to Peter that there were no unclean things, that all things were made clean in Jesus Christ. This is a way of showing Peter that the gospel of Christ is for all people. So at this point, Peter is convicted, and he's sitting in his friend Simon the Tanner's house, And Peter stands up and and preaches this sermon. Verse 34. Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I, I understand that God shows no partiality. He shows no partiality in that the way to salvation is is open to all people. God does not consider a person's external appearance does not consider a person's nationality or or status of wealth or 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 status of society or any kind of prominence any kind of achievements god doesn't play favorites with any external or intrinsic uh, or or non-spiritual aspect of people so there's nothing you can do or intrinsically have that will make you right with god so what does God look at verse 35 tells us he says but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him now people of all nations in the world can be made right with God through two heart attitudes he tells us right here two heart attitudes one fearing God having reverence for who God is and two doing what is right now what does Peter mean that we're saved by, by doing things? No. When a person turns to Christ, 
They then strive to live a good life that is acceptable to God. We don't do this to be saved. We do this because we are saved. So the heart matters. And as this promise is for all people, because the heart of God is for all people. So Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, shows us the heart of God that is for all people. Number two, Easter reveals to us the work of Jesus. The work of Jesus. Look at verse 36. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. See, Jesus first preached the good news to Israel. The gospel is often called good news, and we get this idea from this passage. And that's what the work of Jesus Christ is in essence. It is good news. It is an announcement. It literally is telling the news. Last week or so ago, my alma mater, the University of South Carolina, won the Women's National Basketball Championship. It's the only thing we ever have to be excited for as Gamecock fans. So we're going to be excited for Amen. And all the headlines said different things, different little headline type of titles, but they all meant the same thing, that they were the champions. That was the good news to Gamecock fans, and that's what the gospel means. It is good news. It is an announcement. What is it announcing? It is announcing that through Jesus' life, through his death, through his resurrection, through his ascension to heaven, Jesus brings peace to all who would believe. So the headlines would be, he is risen. He brings peace. He saves. Those are the headlines. The Greek word for peace is where we get our word for serene. It has an idea of tranquility. That faith in Jesus Christ does bring peace. It brings peace that, that passes all understanding. It brings peace that, that we know God holds the world in his hands and not a sparrow falls to the ground without his oversight. But God's peace also brings us blessings. His peace protects us from danger. It brings us a general wholeness of life. But it also brings peace between God and ourselves. See, all people are guilty of breaking God's moral law. And when we did that, and we, we create a, a separation between ourselves and God. Strife comes into the relationship. Why? Because our sin must be punished since it broke God's law. And when we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus takes our punishment for us. So we are now peace relationally with God. That is the message of the cross. Peter recounts, continues recounting the story of Jesus in verse 37. He says, You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed. He's saying that the works of Jesus are widely known. He didn't have to go into great detail about all the works of Jesus, they were evident. But he didn't give specifics as to what. Jesus did. He says, verse 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Jesus did these things because he had the power from the Holy Spirit that God had equipped Christ for this 
mission. And it said that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He says that they were oppressed by the devil. This can also be translated as dominated, that Satan had dominion over people. He had control over people, but Jesus broke that dominion. He broke that oppression. He broke that control, that he healed people from Satan's power, and he still does today. And he says in verse 39, and we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This was, Jesus was ultimately killed by crucifixion, hanging him on a tree. But then verse 40 says this, but God, but God, but God raised him on the third day. Killed Jesus on the, on, the, on the tree, hung him. We saw a video about that today. But God raised him on the third day that three days after his death that Jesus rose from the dead. He says that he made him to appear, verse 41. Not to all the people, but to us who've been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. You know, the Bible records 10 separate times, 10, 10 separate times that Jesus appeared to different groups of people after his resurrection. It wasn't just a one-time appearance, 10 times. And it wasn't just to his inner circle of disciples. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Apostle Paul says this. He said, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. 500. Most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. Paul, writing this years after these appearances, says this, and he says that many are still alive. In other words, many are still here, so if you want to hear about it, go ask them about it. It's not just the inner circle. There's 500 people. Some have died. Some are here. Easter reveals to us the work of Jesus, and there are plenty of records from people that Christ was raised. It can be proven as a fact as well as you can prove something where you weren't around, where you weren't present. Many people claim to see him. Well, a woman wrote, uh, a famous pastor did a letter one day, and, and her, her pastor was a little more theologically liberal. And she wrote to the famous pastor, she said, Pastor, our preacher said that on Easter, Jesus just swooned on the cross. And the disciples nursed him back to health. <laughs> what do you think? So he didn't really die, he just, he just kind of swooned. And the disciples nursed him back to health. Well, what do you think? And the, the pastor wrote her back and said, Dear sister, beat your preacher with a leather whip. 
for 39 heavy strokes, nail him to a cross, hang him in the sun for six hours, run a spear through his heart, embalm him, put him in an airless tomb for three days, then see what happens. Doesn't sound like a swoon. See, it's not an issue of evidence, and hopefully she didn't do that, but you know what I mean. It's not an issue of evidence. It's an issue of belief. It's an issue of belief. And it's not that radical of an understanding. Easter reveals to us the work of Jesus. And number three, Easter reveals to us our mission. Easter reveals to us our mission. Verse 42, Peter says this, And he commanded us, us, to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and of the dead. That's what he's given us, the mission of a church. We are here to celebrate Resurrection Sunday, but that's not our only job. That's not our only duty. That's not our only joy to just celebrate and worship. We are called to testify. So we, people get that word from, right? To testify. And that's what they did. They testified. They had seen Jesus. Look at Acts 17, 31. Why do we do this? Paul wrote this later. He said, because he, God, has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So there will be a day that Christ comes back. And there will be a judgment day. And those that have believed in Christ, their ledger is wiped clean. They're made right with God. We're in heaven. We're resurrected because of what Christ has done for us. But those who do not receive the gospel, the Bible says that we're going to a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. See, Jesus is God's love. Jesus is God's second chance for you. Because there is a day where he will come back. So Peter says, verse 43, to him, to Jesus, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes. Well, there were two men who were talking about their beliefs one day. One friend said he didn't believe in Jesus or God or anything like that. The other friend said that he believed in the resurrection of Jesus, and that Jesus was his Lord and Savior. So the unbelieving friend asked the believer, well, what do you think happens after death? And the believer said, those who die in faith will be resurrected one day, and they will spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. The unbeliever said, well, what about those that don't believe? And the believer said, well, the Bible teaches they will go to a place where there's Hellfire, weeping and gnashing of teeth for eternity. And the unbeliever said, well, what if you're wrong and 
I'm right. And the believer said, well, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I guess, but I don't think I will be. And the believer said, I really don't have anything to lose, right? So the believing friend asked the unbelieving man what he thinks will happen when he dies. And the unbeliever said, well, I guess I'll just cease to exist. And then the believing friend asked the unbeliever the same thing he was asked. He said, so you think we'll just cease to exist? Well, what if you're wrong and I'm right? See, believing in Christ makes all the difference. And if you're wrong, which we're not, but if we are, there's nothing to lose. But if you don't believe in him and you're wrong, there's everything to lose. And the resurrection is clear. And billions of people believe it. When Christ comes back, don't be surprised. The Bible tells us. That's the surprise of Easter we don't want to know. We don't want to be surprised about. That's the surprise of Easter, revelation of Easter we look forward to today. Here in a few minutes we're going to have our invitation. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ today, as we're singing this song, maybe you feel called to pray for someone that needs to believe in Jesus Christ. This area down here is open. You can come and pray. I can pray with you. Pray for those that you know need Jesus. But if you are unsure that you are a believer, or if you know you're not today, Today is the day that you need to make that decision. You can come pray with me. I'll pray with you. You can fill out a card. You can do whatever it takes. You can do sign language. It doesn't matter to me. But make that decision today so that you will not be surprised when Christ comes back. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are in Christ Jesus. And as we enter into this time of invitation today, Lord, we pray for those in here today, Lord, that might be unsure, might be doubting your truth. That on the third day you rose from the grave, defeated death, and bought peace with God, salvation, forgiveness of sins for all who would believe, that they would believe today, that you would enter their heart, your Holy Spirit would come into their life, just like the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles right after Peter quit speaking in this passage, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would come into their life today. You would save them, Lord. Father, for those of us who know you, this Easter that we would leave here not only rejoicing for what you've done for us, but being mindful that there are those who do not believe that we know, that we would continue to pray for them to come to faith in you. Lord, we love you. We ask these things and we ask, in Jesus' name, who has the power to raise the dead and save the soul of the one who places their faith in you. We ask these things in your name. Amen.